This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. College football season is set to start, and here at Saturday to Sunday, we are concluding our summer scouting series. If you have missed the previous three episodes, I have my right-hand man, Jeff Abercrombie, across the way. We covered the 2024 quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. I shared my scouting reports. I shared my rankings. I shared my tiers to give you a snapshot of who these players are. Entering this upcoming college football season, give you a quick synopsis of how they win, their strengths, their weaknesses, what I think their current NFL draft projection is, what I think their current NFL draft role is, to kind of get you set up for this college football season, to get you ahead of the curve for next year's NFL draft, to get you ahead of the curve for your dynasty leagues, and to help you and share my thoughts for you, you know, who take part in Devi leagues as well. Tonight I'm running solo. I will be recording uh, the tight end group tonight. Uh, the previous episodes, we talked about 24 wide receivers and then some watch list names. Uh, the, the running backs were 21 running backs and then a watch list. Quarterbacks were about 17 and then another 7 to 10 that you should have on your radar tonight. The tight end position, we're talking about 15 or 16 guys. I'll get through to kind of give you the rundown of these prospects. Same thing that I've been doing. If you've been watching on YouTube, I will screen share. Uh, the scouting reports from the soon-to-be-released 2024 scouting notebook. Uh, this is just our first run through scouting these players. There'll be a lot more edits and updates, a lot more players added that are not in the scouting notebooks. And the, the new premium notebooks will come out later this week. There'll be a, a podcast and, and a YouTube video just kind of letting people know that they are now available for purchase, what it, what what covers them for new people who haven't purchased them before, exactly what you can find and expect from those premium notebooks, uh, but a little bit more on that down the line. So overall, this tight end class, last year's class was a great tight end class. I love Luke Musgrave, Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporter, Darnell Washington, Michael Mayer, you're talking about five guys that I thought had like top 50 grade, top 50, you know, overall you know, in terms of their grades. And then we saw four going top 42. We saw Darnell Washington fall a little bit due to some medical concerns. But next year, I think we have a really strong class as well. I think we're going to have a guy who pushes into the top 10. I think we're going to have some other guys that are on the border round one, but probably early to mid round two. So I think it's a strong class. It's got some variety. It's got guys who are more the old school prototypes who can play in line and have the size and frame. You got some pass catching guys only. Which, which is really intriguing. You know, teams use them as their big slot or, you know, their motion tight ends detached, you know, in that F position role. So there's a lot of ways that, that teams can look at these players. Every team will evaluate them differently in terms of what they're looking for. Uh, so it's going to be a fun class. As I've done the previous episodes, uh, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, I will screen share now the scouting notebook just so. You could follow along on there as well. So right now, you if you're watching on YouTube, you should be seeing the, the tight end group. So let's start right at who my number one tight end is, and that is Brock Bowers out of Georgia. He's my number one guy. Last year, 63 receptions, 942 yards, seven touchdowns. He stands six foot four, 230 pounds. What I like about Brock Bowers, 
Well, he only has average size. I think he could add a little bit to that frame, get into the 240 to 245 mix. He's got great athleticism, speed, movement skills, quickness, and yak ability. He shows great body control, ball skills, and hands with the ability to adjust and high point to win contested catches. He's a good route runner, shows good separation quickness. He has the ability to attack the seam and get vertical. I think his blocking is functional at this point. He's a pretty strong blocker in spades. He shows average play strength, toughness. I think the route tree is, is, is functional at this point. Things that I'd like to see him improve on. I already said I'd like to see him, him you know, add a little bit to that frame. Can he hold up blocking in line or is he going to have to be detached or in the motion or the slot at all times? And can he hold the point of attack in line? Those are the question marks I have. To me, he's a pass-catching starting tight end that can line up detached or as the F-motion tight end. I think he's locked into a top 10 or top 15 pick next year in the NFL draft. If we take that to my second tight end, my second tight end uh, is Jatavian Sanders out of Texas. Jatavian Sanders, uh, very different prototype a little bit in terms of what you're getting him in the total package. Uh, he's the junior out of Texas. He's six foot four, 245 pounds. Last year, he had 54 receptions for 613 yards and five touchdowns. Jatavian Sanders has average size and frame, very good athleticism, movement skills, speed, quickness, and yak ability. He's got good route running and separation quickness. He's got very good body control, ball skills, and hands with the ability to high point and adjust. He can attack the seam and get vertical. Same question marks I had about Brock Bowers. I have some in it about Jatavian Sanders. Can he hold up blocking in line? Uh, that's going to be the big question mark. I think similar to Bowers, he's going to be looked at as a pass catching weapon, whether you line him up detached at the, the motion tight end, big slot. Right now I put a day two grade on him, but he's the, the one other tight end in this class who I think potentially could move his way up to be a guy that teams are considering in that, you know, late round one, early round two border. So for me, it's clearly Brock Bowers at one. Jatavian Sanders at two, uh, and it'd be interesting to see if he can work his way into day one. Next up for me uh, is Ben Sinat out of Kansas State. This is a guy flying way under the radar. You just are not seeing a lot of people talking about Ben Sinat out of Kansas State. He's a junior, six foot four, 245 pounds. Last year, he had 31 receptions for 447 yards and five touchdowns. Benson has average size and frame, good to very good athleticism, movement skills, and speed to attack the seam and produce yak after the catch. He's a good route runner and shows good separation quickness. He's got good body control, ball skills, and he shows good hands with the ability to extend and adjust to the football. I think he's got just functional in terms of play strength and his blocking capabilities, but I, you know, a lot of times tight ends don't even come into the NFL, at least being functional in terms of their blocking. I think his blocking is better than a guy like Jatavian Sanders. My, my, my concerns are developmental areas similar to the other two tight ends I've talked about. Can he hold up in line in terms of his blocking capabilities? Can he run block? Can he hold the point of attack in line? You know, I, I see some inconsistency in terms of his blocking techniques. Right now, I look at a guy like Ben Sinat and I put him, you know, in that like round three uh, mix right now. So a round three type player, I put him as a tight end two with the upside developed into a starting tight end that can line up in line at the wide position, detached or as the motion F tight end. If we keep this moving, my number four tight end is Bryson Nesbitt out of North Carolina. 
Uh, Bryson Nesbitt is a guy who I think is really going to maybe potentially climb up, uh, you know, in terms of the national attention and the buzz that's surrounding him. Nesbitt, the junior out of UNC, he's six foot five, he's 235 pounds. Last year, he had 35 receptions for 507 yards and four touchdowns. Brighton Nesbitt has that great size at six foot five, but he's got to add to that frame. That 235 has got to become 245, 247, 248, I think, for the NFL to, to, you know, be as into him as they possibly could be. Because if he can get there, he's got very good athleticism, movement skills, and the speed to attack the seam, get vertical, and pick up yards after the catch consistently. He's going to have a, a, a chance this year playing alongside Drake May to put up a monster statistical season. He's got good catch radius. He shows good length. He's got ball skills and body control. He shows the ability to high point, go up and get it, and adjust to the football. Uh, like many of these tight ends I've talked about so far, the frame, the blocking in line, the holding the point of attack, the play strength, those are all legitimate questions, even more so for Nesbitt at 235 pounds. I think he's an average route runner at this point. Uh, I'd like to see him expand his route concepts a little bit. To me, he's a pass-catching starting tight end that can line up detached or as the motion F tight end or even outside as a wide receiver with a day two grade. Next up, Cade Stover out of Ohio State. He's a, he's a little bit more of a complete tight end compared to the guys that I've talked to uh, so far uh, this evening. He's the senior out of Ohio State. He's six foot four. He's 251 pounds. Last year in that potent Ohio State offense, he, he caught 36 passes for 406 yards and five touchdowns. So Cade Stover is a guy that above average to good size and frame, average to above average athleticism, movement skills, quickness and speed. He's got very good to great play strength, toughness and physicality. He creates that late separation at the catch point so he can consistently win contested catches. He's got very good blocking skills. So very different prototype than the first four guys or so that I've talked about that I think are more detached, motion, big slot in terms of how they're going to be utilized at the next level. I think Kate Stover is a tight end too with the upside to become a starting tight end in line at that wide position. I think a team is going to fall for him on day two, probably a little bit more of a round three grade. Uh, but but I think people are going to be intrigued with Cade Stover out of uh, Ohio State. We know a lot gets funneled to those wide receivers, right? So there's not going to be massive production, but I think that just potentially makes him a little bit more of a diamond in the rough as a complete tight end prospect at the next level. Next up, and the last one in a little bit of a tier here, and this is a unique prospect because some people are going to look at him and maybe have him in their wide receiver ranks. Uh, some people are going to have him in their tight end ranks. And I'm talking about Oronde Gadsden II out of Syracuse. So Gadsden is a guy that started his collegiate career as a wide receiver. Last year, he moved to tight end. But everything about him screams wide receiver, except his designation and, you know, how he's classified right now in college. And that's as a tight end. You know, the junior out of Syracuse, he stands six foot five, 218 pounds. So, you know... Last year, he caught 61 catches for 969 yards and six touchdowns. When you talk about Oronde Gadsden and try to make a scouting report on him, he's got great size, regardless of what position he's going to play. Six foot five, checks off the boxes. The frame is an interesting one, because if you're talking about him as a wide receiver, it's a good size frame for an outside wide receiver or for a big slot. If you're talking about a tight end, 
he's exclusively going to have to be a pass catching tight end, that motion guy, big slot, clearly can hold up in line. The blocking, the, the techniques, the holding a point of attack, none of that is Gatson's game if you're going to ask him to do any traditional tight end stuff. He's got to show he can handle press, releases off the line of scrimmage. That's not his game. But what he does bring to the table, average athleticism, speed, route running, separation quickness, very good body control, ball skills, length, catch radius, and hands with the ability to high point, go up and get it, and extend and adjust for the football. He's a versatile mismatch weapon as either a big slot, move tight end. I think he's on that round three, round four border right now. And it really all depends on how the NFL teams are going to look at him and evaluate him at the next level. I'm going to pause there a little bit. So just to kind of recap where we are. My tier one locked in round one pick was Brock Bowers. He was my number one tight end. Then my number two through number six rankings are guys that I think are going to go off the board potentially on day two of the uh, of the 2024 NFL draft. Maybe, you know, you know, one or two can slide to early portion around four. But I think based on their pass catching abilities or in Kate Silver, his dual capabilities, uh, you know, as an inline guy and a guy who can impact the game passing, you know, Jatavian Sanders, Ben Sinnott, Brian Nesbitt, Kate Silver, and Aronde Gadsden. In that tier, while I think they're all day two guys, I think Jatavian Sanders is the one that stands out as closest to the early portion of round two, a guy who I think could push his way into round one. I don't think Sinnott, uh, Silver, or Gadsden have a chance to push their way into round one. I think Nesbitt is an intriguing one. If he could, if he could add like 10, 12 pounds of muscle, still show that explosiveness and athleticism, he might be a guy who could maybe push his way to third on this list after Jatavian Sanders and be those early round two guys as potential receiving mismatches. But right now, Bauer stands alone as, as my number one guy in round one. And then, you know, two through six there, those are guys who I think are going to come off the board more uh, somewhere on day two, whether it's early round two, late round two, or somewhere in round three of that. I think the guys that can improve their draft stock the most from that second tier is definitely Bryson Nesbitt out of North Carolina, playing with that offense this year, playing with Drake May. I'm excited to kind of see how that plays out this year. Let's keep this moving and go to my number seven tight end. And my number seven tight end kicking off my next tier is Brevin Span Ford out of Mississippi, uh, out of Minnesota. So, you know, a guy with obviously, you know, great, you know, size, uh, Brevin Sport, Spanford, six foot seven, 263 pounds. He's the senior from Minnesota. So we're talking about a guy probably pencil him in for Mobile, Alabama for the senior bowl. I'd be stunned if he's not there. Last year, he caught 42 catches for 497 yards and two touchdowns. What did I see on film when I watched him? So Brevin Spanford out of Minnesota, great size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills, quickness, and speed for a guy who stands at that six seven, 263 pounds. He's got great light and catch radius. And on top of it, he shows the ability to go up and high point the football, you know, even expanding that catch radius even further. Uh, he creates space at the catch point to win contested catches using his size and physicality. He's got good play strength and hands. I would say right now his blocking in line and holding the point of attack are, are functional average. I, I think that's a win at this point. Some areas where I'd like to see him kind of improve this year, some route refinement, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that shows, you know, good separation quickness in and out of his breaks just at that size and that frame. Uh, I'd like to see some inconsistency in terms of his blocking techniques cleaned up a little bit. To me, he's adept to a tight end to playing the, the inline position. And I put him as a, as a guy who could have an early day three grade, but I think some NFL teams are going to be intrigued with him for sure. Next up, number eight in my rankings, 
uh, is Luke Lachey out of Iowa. We know Iowa has had a lot of success producing tight ends over the years. The list is long, right? George Kittle, Sam Laporta. Well, Lachey steps up to the limelight next year. And even in limited duty last year, the junior out of Iowa, who stands six foot six, 254 pounds, he got 28 passes for 398 yards and four touchdowns. And that was behind Sam Laporta being the guy. So when I watch Sam Lachey, uh, when I watch Luke Lachey, sorry, you know, combining Sam Laporta there with Luke Lachey, when I watch Luke Lachey play, he's got very good size and frame. He's got good athleticism, movement skills, and speed, above average route running and separation quickness. He's got a great catch radius with the ability to high point the football. He's got good play strength, ball skills, and body control. He does a good job creating space at the catch point to win contested catches. I would say his route running, separation quickness, and blocking, I would classify as functional or average right now. I'd like to see him expand his route tree a little bit more. I think that could come just with more playing time as being the the lead guy there uh, in that Iowa offense, playing the tight end one role that Sam Laporta played last year. I'd like to see him improve his blocking techniques a little bit. To me, he's a tight end two right now who can line up detached or play uh, in line at the wide position, and I have an early day three grade on him at this moment. If we keep this going, next up for me and kind of fin- rounding out the next tier here is Caden Priestcorn out of Ole Miss. He's another guy just not on a lot of people's radar, but I think he should. Last year, he played for Memphis and he caught 48 passes for 602 yards and seven touchdowns. He's now transferred to Ole Miss. He's the senior, six foot five, 260 pounds. When I watched Caden Priestcorn play, I was, I liked the size and frame. You know, I just classified it as great, 6'5", 260. That's the prototype, what you're talking about for a guy who's going to be an inline tight end. Above average to good athleticism and movement skills. He's got good ball skills, body control, length, and catch radius. He shows the ability to adjust and extend for the football. Uh, good hands, play strength, physicality. He uses that in his route at the catch point. Uh, he's got above average blocking skills as well. I'd put the speed, the agility, the yak ability, probably just at average. Uh, the blocking technique, same thing, average route running, separation, quickness, or functional. I'd like to see him expand his route tree. You know, he's only got one year of collegiate production, so you'd like to see him do it again. Uh, he's a former high school quarterback, so he's a very versatile player, athletic kid that made the transition, added a lot of weight. To me, he's a tight end, too, at the next level, playing the, the inline wide position, or you can line him up detached as well. I also have an early day three grade on him as well. So those that that little mini tier right there of Revan Spanford, Luke Lachey, and Caden Prescourt. Those are the guys that I would classify as early day three. So most of those guys right now, I'd probably pencil in like a round four grade uh, on those guys. And the rest of the guys then I'm going to talk about today, I have day three grades on. Uh, I would say those are our guys that right now I, I would think would be round five, round six, round seven types uh, if they get drafted. So Let's kind of uh, start here. My number 10 tight end is Jaheen Bell, now of Florida State, formerly of South Carolina. Uh, very interesting player. We, he's kind of been on our radar a lot over the years. Uh, he's a senior now who transferred to Florida State. He's six foot two, 229 pounds. Last year for South Carolina, he only had 25 catches for 231 yards and two touchdowns. But he also had 261 yards rushing and two touchdowns. So... When I watched Jaheim Bell and I, when I watched him over the years, you see an undersized tight end 
with good to very good athleticism, movement skills, speed, and separation quickness. You see a versatile offensive weapon. There's a reason why South Carolina use them at a running back. They use them detached. They line them up as an H-back. They move them all around the slot. Whatever, A lot of different things you could do with Jaheim Bell. He offers great yak ability, quickly you know, catches the ball and turns into a runner and, and, and picks up good chunk yards after the catch. He shows good hands, above average body control, ball skills, and route running. Similar to some of the guys we talked about a little while ago, he's not, he doesn't have the, the traditional frame for a tight end. He's not going to hold up in line. He's not going to hold up blocking in the run game. He's not a guy who offers a lot in terms of his contested catchability or his length or his ability to high point. He might not have a, a, a natural true position, but I think he's a complimentary pass catching tight end or offensive weapon. He reminds me a lot of Chica Conquo from a couple years ago, whether you line him up as the motion F tight end, detach as an H back. I'm intrigued by Jaheim Bell. Uh, at the next level, I would probably say, you know, he's another guy that, you know, maybe he can push his way into round four, but I think some teams are going to be scared by the size frame and the natural position, which probably means he probably falls to like round five, uh, you know, at the next level. Next up in my rankings is Arik Gilbert, now of Nebraska. This is the guy that, you know, he probably doesn't even belong on this list, but I refuse to fully give up on this talent. Uh, formerly of LSU, formerly of Georgia, now only classified as a redshirt junior at Nebraska. He's six foot five, two hundred and fifty pounds. In twenty twenty, he had thirty five catches for three hundred and sixty eight yards and two touchdowns. He didn't play at all in twenty twenty one. He only had two receptions last year for Georgia, sixteen yards and a touchdown in twenty twenty two. So Marie Gilbert is a mystery. But I am, but he's a mystery that I refuse to not buy a little bit yet and still classify him as a guy who the NFL teams will be intrigued with if he can turn his career around at Nebraska and he could stay on the football field and play games. There's going to be a team on day three that's intrigued with him. If he can come fully back and, and be the guy that we thought he could be, he could catapult his way in, into the day two mix for sure. Cause we're talking about a guy who's got great size and frame, not good. Great level athleticism, speed, and movement skills. He shows the ability to attack the seam and get vertical. Good body control, ball skills, length, hands, play strength, the ability to high point the football to win contested catches. The concerns are obvious. He's barely played football. He missed what, tw- all 2021, most of 2022. His character concerns, his work ethic concerns. You know, can he block, blocking techniques, route refinement, you know, production. We haven't seen any of it. But to me, he's got starter trait if he can ever put it together and he can play a variety of positions at the tight end spot. Next up, Theo Johnson out of Penn State. He's a guy that we talked a little bit about last year. Some people thought he might have came out last year. He decided to go back for his senior season at Penn State. He stands six foot six, two hundred and sixty pounds. Uh, last year he caught twenty catches for three hundred and twenty eight yards and four touchdowns. Theo Johnson has great size and frame, good athleticism, movement skills, speed and burst for his size. Very good catch radius, length, and ball skills. Shows the natural ability to go up and high point the football and adjust to the football. He's got above average play strength and power to hold up blocking in line. Uh, to me, this is a guy, yeah, you'd like to see him expand his route running, show a little bit better understanding of route concepts. We haven't seen a lot of production. He body catches a little bit at times. But we're talking about a guy who right now I'd classify as a depth tight end. I think he's got the upside to develop into a tight end too as a traditional Y inline tight end at the next level. 
I'd probably put a day three grade on him. Uh, but because I think the offensive side, you know, pass catching side is a little limited. I think he's more of a guy, you know, round five, round six, round seven, uh, than, than some of the other guys who I think come off the board a little bit earlier on day three. We'll see if Johnson could elevate his stock, uh, in his final year there at Penn State. Next up on my ranks at number 13, another name we've talked about for quite some time, and that is Brand Keithy. Out of Utah, we saw Dalton Kincaid last year emerge as one of the top tight end prospects in all of college football. It's not that long ago that some people thought that was going to be Brand Keithy coming out of Utah. He's the redshirt senior. He's six foot one, 220 pounds. In 2021, he caught 50 passes for 611 yards and six touchdowns. In 2022, you know, playing behind uh, Dalton Kincaid, 19 catches, 206 yards, and three touchdowns. Even though Keith, I feel like he's been in college a very long time, Brand Keithy, undersized, but good athleticism, movement skills, speed, and separation quickness. He shows agility, elusiveness, and yak ability in the open field. I like his body control and his ball skills. To me, he's a versatile chess piece. He can be used all over the formation, move tight end, big slot, uh, even kick him outside to be a receiver. You can do some manufactured touches like jet sweeps, end the rounds, and screens. He reminds me a lot of a couple years ago when Kyle Granson came out. Uh, to me, he's a depth complementary pass catching tight end. He can play the F motion tight end spot. He can, you can line him up, like I said, in the slot or even outside as a wide receiver. His versatility and his pass catching upside, I think make him a draftable pros, uh, prospect. And I think this year he might be able to elevate his stock now with Kincaid in the NFL. So if he puts together a strong productional season, like he did two years ago, I think you could see Keith's stock rise a little bit right now. I have him on that date three grade, probably in that round five round six range, but some up, upward mobility potentially. Next up, at number 14, Eric All, formerly of Michigan, now transferred to Iowa. So him and Luke Lachey are going to kind of battle it out there. Uh, Iowa, you know, does a good job developing tight ends. Last year at this time, Eric All was the guy some people had on the round three, round four border. Uh, I know Dave Ruler was high on him last year. So, we're talking about the redshirt senior out of Iowa, stands six foot four, two hundred and fifty-six pounds. He only caught three passes last year, but the year before he did have thirty-eight receptions, four hundred and thirty-seven yards, and two touchdowns. He's got good size and frame, above average to good athleticism, quickness and movement skills, with the ability to attack the seam and pick up yards after the catch. He's got above average to good body control, ball skills, and the length to win at the catch point. He's versatile enough to play in line. You can line him up detached or even as an H-back. I'd like to see him refine his blocking techniques a little bit. Uh, I think there's some route refinement that, that that needs to be done. I'd probably classify, you know, the movement skills, the speed, the acceleration, separation, quickness, all as just functional or average right now. Same thing with his play string power uh, and blocking capabilities. I do think he does a good job in effort blocking. I think he's a, a depth tight end right now, but he does have the natural upside to develop into a tight end too, playing in line or slightly detached. I have him on that, you know, day three, round five to round seven range right now. Next up in my rankings is Austin Stogner out of Oklahoma. This is a guy who's been bouncing around. He started his career at Oklahoma. He transferred to South Carolina, and now he's going back to Oklahoma. Uh, I feel like I've been talking about Stogner a little bit for quite some time because he does have some intriguing characteristics uh, and traits. Uh, he's now obviously a redshirt senior. You know, now back to Oklahoma, six foot five, 250 pounds. Uh, last year, he caught 22 catches for 210 yards and one touchdown out South Carolina. 
what has intrigued me for a couple of years with Austin Sogner is he's got good size and frame. He's got good athleticism, movement skills, separation quickness and speed to attack the seam or get vertical. He's got good ball skills, body control, length and catch radius with the ability to high point and adjust to the football average route runner. I, there's some drop concerns, his limited production, you know, throughout his college career. Uh, he's had some injuries that he's had to deal with. I think their route running separation quickness are probably just average. Same thing with the play strength, uh, you know, and, and his yak ability. To me, he's, he's adept to complementary pass catching tight end. He's got the size to maybe line up in line, but I think, I think his best traits are still his pass catching ability, even though he doesn't have gaudy production numbers. Uh, I put him at, at that late day three, right now, round six, round seven type draft capital heading into his final, you know, college football season. And we'll see if he can put up a better statistical year back home in Oklahoma now. Next up, uh, rounding out my top 16 tight end rankings for the 2024 NFL draft as we head into the start of the college football season is Benjamin Yurisek out of Stanford. He's a guy that some people last year thought was maybe going to come out. Uh, he's a senior this year out of Stanford. He's six foot five, 243 pounds. Last year, he caught 49 catches for 445 yards and one touchdown. When I watched Benjamin Yurisek's film, what I came away with was a guy who had good size, needed to add to his frame, average athleticism, movement skills and separation quickness, above average route running, but he had good body control and hands with the ball skills and ability to adjust and high point to the football. I would classify his athleticism, movement skills, separation quickness as just average or functional. Uh, he shows good effort and willingness to block, shows good toughness, uh, but there's some concerns about his power, uh, his play strength. Can he hold up in line? Uh, I'm not really sure the long speed's there. I think like I said before, he's got to add to his frame a little bit and he's got to refine some blocking techniques to at least become functional in that regard. To me, he's a depth complementary pass catching tight end. Maybe he could be a tight end three who develops into a tight end two. I think he's more of a detached or motion guy. And I think his athleticism screams in line, but I think he's got to add 10, 15 pounds if that's where he's going to live at the next level. I have a late day pre grade on him right now. So there it is, guys, my top 16 tight ends in terms of my rankings. Uh, that's 16 guys right there. And when you look at that list, you know, we talked about a clear round one guy, a bunch of guys in the day two mix, some early day three mix and a couple intriguing guys, you know, who I have ranked as day three right now, but upward mobility for potentially Jaheim Bell, Arie Gilbert. So it's an interesting class. I think it could become a really strong class at the next level, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because I, I feel like, you know, the production is, is just something that's sometimes not there for these tight ends, you know, and that's just what we got to deal with and the reality of the situation, you know, but even though those 16 guys, I have a list here of other guys that we should be keeping an eye on and I'm not going to go through all of them, but these are the, these are the other names on my tight end watch list. That I think we really got to keep a close eye on. One is Gavin Bartholomew out of Pittsburgh. He's a guy that I think could easily push his way into a, you know, top four, top five round grade. Uh, as the season goes on, Terrence Ferguson out of Oregon, obviously playing in that potent Oregon offense led by Bo Nix this year. He's a guy to keep a close eye on your radar. Michael Trigg has been a, a, a little bit of a Debbie Darling at Ole Miss. He's going to be joining now, you know, Caden Priestcorn and, and him make a dynamic one, two duo there. You know, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that, you know, tight end production shakes out. And then the other guy I'm really keeping a close eye on is the other tight end at Penn State, right? We talked about Theo Johnson. 
But I think we got to keep a close eye on Tyler Warren. I could see him catapult him right over Theo Johnson, uh, a guy that, you know, potentially gets taken ahead of him, puts up better production this year. So keep a close eye on Tyler Warren as well. So there it is, guys. The four shows combined, I think we hit about 90 in-depth, detailed scouting reports to kind of get you ready for this college football season, uh, help you be better prepared for your Debbie Leagues, uh, help you get a leg up on you know next year's Dynasty Rookie Drafts, or if you're just a fan of the 2024 NFL Draft. Uh, I think we did a really good job kind of setting the stage for you so you have a much better comfort level with who these prospects are, how they win, their strengths, some developmental areas, what I think their role in the NFL might be right now, what I think their draft projection might be right now. But understand, so much changes during the course of a college football season, during the course of a pre-draft process. You know, like it's hard sometimes because we want to see all these guys be successful and we want them all you know, to, you know, fix their developmental areas and any concerns we have, we want to see them get better at, you know, I want to see all these guys be successful, right? But I, but I also want to try to give, you know, a a true breakdown of what I see right now with the limited, you know, you know, film that's available, you know, for somebody like myself. So, you know, I think we did a good job kind of setting the stage, uh, getting you ready for this upcoming college football season, getting you to what offensive players you need to know to kind of set the stage. You know, we're going to be talking about these guys a lot. We're going to do our in-season shows a little bit different this year, but we're going to have plenty of time to, to kind of talk about these guys, see how their games are evolving and changing throughout this upcoming season. So it's going to be really fun to kind of dissect these guys, you know, for the whole next year, who comes out, who emerges, who falls back, who doesn't declare, who does. Uh, it, it's fun, and, and we'll be here at Saturday Sunday to take you on the ride uh, over, you know, the next 300, you know, something days or whatever until the next year's NFL draft for sure. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nicano and myself, thank you for joining us. And we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday. Sunday.